Hey there, my name is Derek Duvall, and I'm the lead pastor of Awakened City Church in Harriman, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake City. And I want to thank you for checking us out. Awakened City exists to connect people from all walks of life with the hope that's found in Jesus. And we hope that this message will be a blessing to you. For more information, you can visit awakenslc.com. So I want to begin this morning uh, by asking a question. Have you, ever, have you ever been invited to someone's house and uh, you get there and they're serving something to you that you're really not quite sure what it is? And, or maybe you know what it is, but you're not quite sure you think you're going to like it, right? Or, or maybe, um, maybe you, you, there's just always been that thing that you're fearful of trying, and uh, so growing up your whole life, you never tried it. And then as an adult, you tried it and you loved it. Anyone out there besides me? Okay. Um, or, or maybe you tried something. It's not that you never tried it. You tried it as a kid and you're like, that stuff is disgusting. And then you uh, later in life tried something. You're like, man, this stuff's really good. Why did I not like it as a kid? For me, um, that was barbecue sauce. I hated barbecue sauce as a kid. I thought it tasted terrible. Didn't understand why anyone would put something that on their uh, uh, food. Uh, still to this day, well, I love barbecue sauce now, except for barbecue chips. Okay, that's not barbecue sauce. They're terrible, all right? And if you like them, then I don't like, I'm just kidding. I like you. Um, but that's not, I don't, I don't get it. Barbecue chips, someone needs to work on those. Those don't like barbecue sauce at all. Anyways, why am I making a big deal about tasting things this morning? Because the passage that I want to spend the next few minutes looking at this morning uh, is found in Psalm 34. And in Psalm 34, there's a passage, a verse that you've probably heard before. If you've been around uh, Christian circles uh, any part of your life, you surely probably have heard it. And that's Psalm 34, 8. And Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, what's amazing about this psalm is what it's written out of. And let me say this real quick. If you text the lyrics, uh, lyrics in of a thousand, um, the, the, all these scriptures are on there if you don't have your Bibles or your phone with you. But anyways, uh, what's amazing is what Psalm 34 is written out of. This is another psalm. Uh, each week we've looked at a psalm this summer. Most of them have been written by David. This is the David from David and Goliath. Uh, so most of them have been written by David. And if you have your Bibles open, or if you have... Um, of the Bible app, you'll notice at the very top of Psalm 34 is almost just like this footnote, okay? And it says this. It says, The Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Bimelech, so that he drove him out and he went away. Now that footnote is probably not going to ring a bell for you, uh, but it is helpful for us to know because if we look back at what it's being talked about in Psalm 34, in 1 Samuel chapter 21 in the Old Testament, uh, we find David is in a deadly situation. He's gone to see the king of Gath. And uh, when he gets there, the king nor his men are very happy to see him. And so all of a sudden, David realized, hey, king, I'm here. And they don't want to see him. And so then he has to pretend like he is insane. And so he does this so that they'll let him go. And it works. And so it, he's, it, he, he writes this psalm. Out of a time in which he's, he's, literally, he's literally fearful for his life that he even make it. And he gets out 
And it's out of this experience that we're told at the beginning of Psalm 34 that David is writing this psalm. And the reason I point that out is, is because it's easy for you and I to praise God in good times. When, when everything seems to be going our way. Right? But it's much harder to rejoice in the Lord when we're in the midst of great trials. Yeah, here we find David praising God even when he was fearful for his life. And what's encouraging to me is that this is, that this is going on, yet David writes in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. These words can only truly come from his lips because David has tasted and seen that God is good. We just found out a couple weeks ago, well actually we found out this past week, that a, uh, a young lady who was in our ministry back in Tennessee, uh, they've been trying to have children, they don't have any yet, she just had her third miscarriage. Uh, she just found out this past week and she uh, posted it online. And what stuck out to me is at the very top of that post, the day that they're telling everyone, hey, please, they had been asking, please pray, we're pregnant, we're excited, we're hoping that this, this, this has gone a little longer. We're hoping things go well. The very day they found out that they had had their third miscarriage, the very top of their post on Facebook, this is what it said. It says, I want to start off with saying, God is good. God is good. But why, why would they say that? Why would they say that? Is because they know the temptation for those on the outside looking in and even in their own hearts is to think or believe that God is not good in the moment. Or how could they? How could they say that he is good? How can they say that? Because they have tasted. They have seen that the Lord is good and they've experienced his goodness. And they know he can be trusted and he has not forsaken them. And so when questions arise... And we're in the situations that seem hopeless when things don't go as expected. We can still say God is good. Because maybe we don't get this moment. Maybe we don't get what's going on in this moment. But we understand his character and that his ways are perfect. Let me, let me flip the illustration I started off with at the very beginning. Have you ever tasted something that was so good that literally you have no shame in telling everyone else Man, you got to try this, right? It happens every Thanksgiving, every Christmas probably, uh, or maybe you go to someone's house and you're like, hey man, you got to go, you got to have them invite you over for dinner because they can cook, right? Or, hey, I don't know if you've seen grandma, grandma brought her that pie. She brought it, right? You got to grab a slice before it's all gone, right? There's no shame in telling people in that. You, you know someone's traveling through an area and you're like, hey, if you're going to be going through that place, I'm telling you, you got to stop. There's this little hole in the wall. You got to check it out. The food is fantastic there. Or you, you know they're going through a city and you're like, hey, look, I'm telling you, there's going to there's gonna be a little off ramp. Take it. It's a little bit of a detour, but trust me, the, the view from that detour is amazing. I know it's a little bit of extra drive, but you've got to stop and see it, right? You, we, we do that. We, we don't have any shame in doing that. And we're willing to do that because we know it's, it's worth it. We've, we've tasted it. We've, we've seen it. So just like David, we have the opportunity to tell others about the goodness of God. 
But what happens sometimes is it's just, it's been a while and we forget about how good God really is. It's been a while since we've seen him uh, move. It's been a while since uh, we've, we've, um, we've just experienced him. And so we're, we're just timid and sharing with others about his goodness. Because honestly, we're not really sure and we're not entirely confident ourselves if he's still working, if he's still good. Because it's just, that relationship's become a little bit distant. But if we have experienced God, if we have tasted and seen the goodness of God, then we are to proclaim to the world with our words and with our actions that he is good. We read in 1 Chronicles 16, it says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. And so let me take this illustration one more time, flip it again, look at it from another angle. From the receiving side of things. Ask yourself this, when are you most likely to try something or to take a detour to see something? When are you most likely to do that? Is it not when others you know take delight in it? Is it not when you see the enjoyment they have in it? Is it not when they continue to speak of its goodness? And so God has placed each of us in social circles to make much of him. I've reminded our church many times of this verse. In Acts chapter 17, Paul reminds us that God has predetermined the times and the places of dwelling for each person so that others might seek God and find him. And it says, though he is not far off. And the reason he's not far off is because God's placed you in that neighborhood. God's placed you in that job. God's placed you in that family. God's placed you in that social circle. For reason, for this time and this place, and that's to make him known because he is not far off. And he's not far off because God, whose spirit lives in you, is in that circle because he's in you. And so let me end with this. Tasting and seeing are both personally experiential. You, you can't taste or see something by someone else describing it, right? You have to experience it for yourself. But my fear is that for too many too many people are living off the experience of others, thinking that because they know someone who tasted or saw it, uh, or they heard them talk about it, that that puts them close enough. And so my plea this morning is for you to taste. My plea this morning is for you to see for yourself his goodness. And so if you're here this morning and you've never tasted, and you've never seen, and you've never experienced God for yourself, let today be the day. And don't be fooled into thinking that because you've tried something or someone else has, has told you about it or you got a glimpse of it through someone else that then you've actually experienced it, right? It's like this. It's like when you're, you're um, that, that pie I talked about a minute ago from your grandma, right? She's given everybody the recipe but nobody's pie tastes like your grandma's pie, even though she has that, you, everybody has the same recipe, right? You've, you've tasted it, 
You've tasted the recipe, but you've never really tasted it if you didn't taste my grandma's, right? Or, or maybe uh, you've seen pictures of national parks down south or in Yellowstone. You've seen it, but you've never really seen it. And I promise you, if you've truly tasted and seen, if you've truly experienced God, then you'll know it and you'll never leave it. And it will never grow boring or old or stale. But if you walk away today, choosing to continue to feast on the things that this world has to offer, you will have given up the only thing in this world that truly gives life and that brings full joy. And we saw that just a few weeks ago when we looked at Psalm 16. So for those in here this morning, for you, it's not so much that you've never tasted and seen the goodness of God you have. The issue for you is it's just been a while. It's just been a while. And so unless we continue to feast on the word of God, and, and let me say this, don't, don't make Sundays the only day that you're being fed God's word. You have the opportunity to daily spend time in his word, to continue to taste and see and be reminded that God is good. And just like a meal, you couldn't have a meal every Sunday morning and just live the rest of the week without it, right? In the same way with God's word, when we feast, we're reminded of his goodness, right? We're continually filled up and encouraged. So, so don't wait for every Sunday, but personally on your own, spend time tasting, seeing how good our God is, spending time in his word because our natural tendency is to just drift and we drift not toward God but toward the things of the world and so my encouragement to us is don't let yourself get in a place where you can drift away from God stay hungry stay humble keep serving keep loving keep sharing and put yourself in a place where you have to keep your eyes fixed on him and so as we do each week, I want to end with just a short time where we can just reflect before we leave with the craziness of today to just think about, one, have we, have we ever tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Or are we living our lives off of hearing other people talk about how they've tasted and they've seen how good he is and we've thought that's good enough? It feels good to hear them talk about it every once in a while. Because if you haven't, my encouragement to you this morning is let today be that day. And if you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, if you've experienced Him, but it's just, you've grown cold in your relationship, it's, you've grown distant. Our natural tendency is to drift away from Him for the things of the world. Man, let today be a day where you go, God, I've tasted, I've seen, and there is nothing better. But I continually am fooled into thinking that these things over here, that's enough. It's not fulfilling, but it's enough. And it's not fully satisfying us, and we're settling for something less. We're just going to give you a minute to reflect, to think, and then I'll close this out in prayer. We're going to sing out.